The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. Welcome, welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, it is uh, great to have you with us uh, this morning. And uh, man, I hope you, if you were here for our Christmas Eve services, one of those, uh, hope you enjoyed it, hope you were blessed and encouraged as you went into uh, Christmas with your, with your family. And I do hope, like Joy said, that you had a wonderful Christmas, whatever that meant with family and friends and in-laws or out of town or in town. Anybody, uh, anybody wearing a Christmas present this morning? Anybody got, okay. I am. I've got a pair of socks. So I told you I wanted socks and I got Santa delivered and I got socks. Um, man, and if you're a guest with us today, or I'm sure you probably have already apologized to your guests who came into town, Charleston is always, it's not always a sauna uh, for Christmas. Um, but I guess it's better than, you know, scraping windshields or shoveling sidewalks, which I've never experienced and hope that I never do. But uh, man, it has been brutally muggy uh, here uh, in Charleston. But uh, again, better than, better than snow drifts, I guess. Uh, but we are leaving 2015, and that sounds amazing, doesn't it? And, and entering the new year, this is the last Sunday of 2015. Uh, and during this time, uh, many of you are going to be doing, doing some evaluating. Uh, for a lot of people, this is kind of that little moment where you kind of look back and reflect and you know figure out if you've learned any lessons lessons this past year, and, um, and, and then just kind of pressing on. And, and even if you don't want to call them New Year's resolutions, right? Some of you have made the resolution to not make any resolutions. I understand that. But um, you probably have a few goals, you know, that you want to set in the new year, or, or at least some projects, you know, that you want to complete in this new year. Uh, I truly believe that uh, 2016 has the potential to be one of the greatest years of growth uh, that we've ever experienced, that we've ever seen here at Coastal. And that's saying, that's saying a lot uh, for what we've been through in the last uh, five or six years. Now, at some point, though, in the project you want to complete, you know, in the goal that you want to set, in that resolution that you make, or in that, that growth that you're working toward, working for. Uh, here's the reality. You are going to get discouraged, and you're going to be tempted to give up, okay? You are, you are going to hit a bump, uh, call it whatever you want to. It could be a little bump, a little minor setback, uh, a barrier, a roadblock. And, and in, in whatever you're trying to accomplish in this new year, it, it's going to get difficult. Uh, and you're going to be discouraged and you're going to be tempted to give up and to say, man, what, what's the use? You know, why, why should I put in the effort? Well, uh, let, let's answer that question now, at least in general, okay? What, what is the use? I mean, why should you and I put in the effort? For whatever, whatever it is that you're thinking about, whether it's a, a goal, you know, a project, a resolution, here, here's, the, here's the answer. Because every good thing in your life, think about that, every good thing in your life, at some point, requires effort and hard work 
and it's worth fighting for. Would you agree with that? I mean, I, I just think that's true. Um, you know, for me, uh, I realized that uh, in 2016, um, I've, I've got to get healthy. I do. Uh, I, I need to lose weight, and that's going to take some hard work. In 2016 and 17 and 18 and on and on and on. Um, but it's worth fighting for, right? Those of you who've gotten healthy, right, you would agree that uh, it's, it's worth fighting for. Our church, uh, finishing the project that, that we began uh, a year ago, um, a year ago, uh, it's, it's going to require some hard work, right? Right, Ricky? We're going we're gonna to press through. We're going we're gonna to complete it. Um, staying focused, you know, reaching our community for Christ, continuing to grow. All of that for Coastal is going to require hard work, effort from all of us, but it's worth it. Think about relationships for a second. Your marriage, your family. Uh, what about financial goals? At some point, you are going to be discouraged and you're going to be tempted to give up. Well, uh, in Scripture, if there was ever a man who was trying to accomplish something worthwhile and yet faced great discouragement and was tempted to give up, is a man by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is one of my uh, favorite uh, characters in Scripture, one of my favorite stories. Um, if you know the background of the story, you know that Nehemiah led a group of Jews from Babylon back to Israel, and the king of Babylon, who had captured them at the time, basically said, you can build a wall around Jerusalem, around the city, to protect yourselves, okay? So it was a huge project. I mean, a big, big undertaking. And, and they started on the project in the beginning, like you know, most projects in the beginning. Um, at first, everything's going great, and they've got some momentum, and it's exciting, and it's new, and it's fresh, and everything's going great. But after a while, what happens? They get discouraged, and it gets hard, and it's difficult, and they're tempted to give up. Well, I just know that that's going to happen this year to all of us. You know, and whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through. And so this morning, as we close out 2015, I just want to look at some common causes of discouragement. And then we're going to talk about some steps that Nehemiah took in order to overcome it. So what do you do when you feel like giving up? First of all, Let's talk about the causes of discouragement. Look at Nehemiah chapter four, verse 10. It says, meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. Now stop right there for a second. The strength of the laborers uh, is giving out. Have you ever felt like that? You know, you're, you're in the middle of a, of a project, you're trying to accomplish something, and you just feel like, man, I have run out of energy. I, I, am, I am tired. I don't have any, anything else left to give. I'm exhausted. Well, one of the first causes of discouragement uh, is fatigue. Let me hand me my water right there, please. Um, 
thank you. Uh, one of the first causes of discouragement is fatigue. They, uh, they had worked a long time. Uh, the people have been working on this wall for a long time. They're physically exhausted. They're worn out. And when you're worn out, that's when you are tempted probably the most to get discouraged, to give up. Um, I have people who come to me all the time and uh, sometimes it's related to, you know, a goal or a project. Sometimes it's just related to relationships. And they'll say, Pastor, I, I am so discouraged. You know, and I want to give up. And then whatever this is, maybe, maybe it's their marriage. Now, the reality is sometimes I'll look at them and I'll say, you know what, I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not saying you're not discouraged, but I think part of it is you're just exhausted. You're exhausted. You know, sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do, you ready for this? Take a nap. <laughs> um, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is to get a, get a good night's sleep. Shakespeare actually once said, you can't be a philosopher when you've got a toothache. Um, in other words, it's hard to be on a spiritual high when you are physically what? Low. When you're worn out when you're out of energy. And sometimes, isn't it amazing just how much better things look after a good night's sleep? It says here, the strength of the laborers is giving out. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about you know, running away from your problems, okay? Um, you know, but maybe, maybe you just need a break. Maybe you need a rest. Maybe you need a day off. Maybe, maybe you do need a vacation. Again, I'm not talking about running away from your problems, but what I'm saying is sometimes you need to reprioritize that Sabbath day in your life, and you need to rest. In verse 6, notice when they got worn out. It says, so we rebuilt the wall until all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their hearts. You know when, when fatigue normally sets in? when you're about half finished, right? You're, you're, you're at that point. It said they had built the wall, half the wall when they got worn out. And that's so typical. Everybody at first has got great motives and then they're working at it, it says here, even with all their heart. I'm sure the newness of the project was a motivation. Everybody's doing great. But then it takes time and it gets difficult and it gets harder and they're tired and they got to the halfway point and they start losing steam. Now, that's especially true uh, with projects around the house. Raise your hand if you have a project or two that you started and then you got about halfway through and you got discouraged and you gave up. Anybody else other than just me? Am I the only one? Okay. Some of you are afraid to raise your hand because then you'll have to finish it. Um, but think about it, whether it's painting, landscaping, you know, decorating, like we, we work as hard as we can for a certain amount of time and then, you know, we have a small amount of pride in what we've accomplished, but then it's, you know, soon all, all that gets dashed when we realize how far we've still got to go and we've got to what? And we've got to clean up. And so fatigue at the midpoint of any project is very common. Number two, there's a second cause. Number one, fatigue. Number two, frustration. Frustration causes discouragement in your life. And, it, and it's a temptation to give up. In the second part of verse 10, it says, and there is so much what? Rubble, rubble. What's he talking about? 
Literally, he's talking about litter, debris, trash. I mean, think about it. They've been building this wall, and as they are rebuilding the wall, uh, there are all these broken bricks, piles of mortar laying around. In any project, especially like a physical remodeling type project, uh, you get rubble, right? You get debris, you get trash. Anybody here ever re-roofed their house? Re-roofed their house. I, we, we've re-roofed our house. I remember when we, uh, we had the whole church uh, building re-roofed. Sometimes, especially in the beginning of the job, it, it's honestly hard to look up and to see the progress and to see the new roof because you look down and you can't see past all the what? That's right, all the mess, all the trash. And so and really, you know, if, if you've got great workers, they kind of know the deal. They try to, you know, pick it up along the way. But sometimes it, it's as though, you know, the shingles are just multiplying on the ground. And it looks like there's twice as much trash and debris as there is being laid on the roof. And it's hard to see the new because of all the rubble, like, like moving. Same thing takes place when you move. It always seems that, the throwing away and the cleaning up of the trash and the debris is actually bigger than the undertaking of just moving your stuff, right? And it, it becomes very tempting to get discouraged. I know even in, in the building project over here, you know, several times throughout the project, Ricky and Eddie said, okay, we just need to, what, clean up. We gotta pick up everything, pick up all the trash, pick up all the debris. How about on Christmas morning? How many... <laughs> How many of you had to stop everything like midway just to do what? Just to clean up, right? Just to take a trash break, right? And you get out the, you know, the garbage bags and you're throwing away everything just so you could see what was going on. I mean, it gets so bad sometimes where you can't see. So pretty soon you've run out of motivation. You run out of energy because you lose sight of the goal. You get frustrated. Well, it's this whole concept of frustration because of the rubble. Trash multiplies. And periodically, you just got to clean it up. Now, obvious, you know, that's very obvious to see in physical projects like building and remodeling or Christmas morning or, or moving. But I think you also have to reorganize and remove the rubble periodically from your own life. Now, follow me for a second. What could be the rubble or the debris in your own life? I think rubble is the trivial things, the, uh, the time wasters, uh, and, and all the things that take up time and energy in your life that really don't allow you to work on what you want to work on in life, uh, that, that don't let you uh, focus, that, don't, that, that, don't, that keep you from moving forward and becoming what you want to be or what God wants you to be. Um, and they're, they're just the trivial things that get out of hand, that kind of pile up in your life, and they just, they're time wasters, and they frustrate you. Uh, for some of you, uh, that might be social media, you know, you're you're on the computer, and whether again, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, it all of a sudden you look back and you realize, okay, I've been scrolling through Facebook now for two hours, and um, you know, uh, uh, for some of you that might be television. You know, for for some of you it might just be that 
You've got a lot of good things that you've added to your calendar. You know, it could be, and it could be that your children are involved in way too many good things, but it's not the best. And you realize you can't do everything. And so there's gotta be a, a time in your life where you remove the rubble, where you clean up the debris. So discouragement is caused by uh, fatigue, you just need a nap, take a break. Frustration, uh, you gotta clean up the, the debris, the rubble. And number three, failure, failure. Look at the next part of verse 10. He says, basically, there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. You could circle the words there, cannot. Do you, do you, do you see what they're doing here? They're discouraged and they're giving up because they're unable to finish the project on the original timetable. They're not able to finish it as soon as they wanted to, and so they lost heart. They're gonna give up. They got discouraged. Their confidence went down the drain. Has that ever happened to you? You know, last year at this time, as a church, we, uh, uh, a lot of us made a commitment to read through the Bible this year. And it's tempting at some point, you know, over the year that if you don't, if you fall behind and you don't, you know, you're thinking, man, there's no way I'm going to be able to finish this on the original schedule, that you actually give up and you, you just quit altogether. Um, how do you handle failure? You know, when, when things don't work out as planned, when something especially takes longer than you expected, you know, how do you react when your, your, your plans kind of collapse? You throw a pity party, you stop, start blaming other people, you complain. Here, here's a life lesson that I've had to relearn over and over and over again, but it is so true. Successful people simply see failures as opportunities, as learning experiences. Nehemiah said, hey, you guys, you are tired. You're exhausted. You know, you're, you're frustrated because there's rubble all over the place. And now you think you're a failure because you didn't finish the wall on, on our original timetable. There's a fourth cause for discouragement. And again, I want you, as, I, as we go through these, think about maybe some of the goals that you have set for the new year, some of the projects you want to complete. Number four is fear, fear. Verse 11 says, also they said, uh, in other words, in addition to all this other stuff, also our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we're gonna kill them and put an end to the work. I guess that would put an end to your work if you get killed, right? I mean, that's pretty much what would put into everything. Um, now, you got to realize that there were some enemies there that didn't want these Jewish people to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem because all of a sudden it would mean that Jerusalem is now a fortified city again. And so the enemies who lived around the edge of Jerusalem were doing everything they could to discourage them from rebuilding the wall. And finally, they threatened them. And they say, we're gonna kill you if, you if you don't stop building that wall. So look back at that list. Fatigue, frustration, 
failure, fear. Uh, they became afraid of their enemies and they started saying, oh no. You know, what if they attack us? And, and the moment fear gets in your life, you're gonna get discouraged. Notice, notice um, who became fearful the first, verse 12. Then the Jews who lived near them, or in other words, those who were closest to the enemy came and told us 10 times over. In other words, they kept repeating it over and over and over again. Wherever you turn, they, they will attack us. Here's the principle, I think, here in this passage. If you are constantly listening to negative people, it is going to infect you. If you're constantly listening to people with fears like, oh no, we're doomed, everything is falling apart, you're not gonna make it, you're not gonna be able to do this, you, you start thinking like that. If you're constantly around people at work who are always negative, always complaining, always afraid of what's going to happen, it's going to influence your life. You're gonna pick up their attitude. And just as much as frustration and failure and fatigue cause discouragement, so does fear. Oh, oh no, what's gonna happen? What if, what if? And so you're afraid of the unknown. You're, you're like, you're so worried and afraid that you're thinking like 10 steps ahead of things that haven't happened and probably won't happen. But it's discouraged you and it's created all kinds of stress, and now you're tempted to quit. So what is the antidote? You see, again, if anybody had a right to be discouraged, it was Nehemiah. He was leading the project. I mean, he was assigned one of the major projects of the world at that time, build a wall around an entire city, and all of his workers got discouraged everybody that he was leading. How are you gonna motivate them? I mean, if you were Nehemiah, what would you do? I mean, honestly, I, wouldn't, I think most of us would be tempted just to give up and say it's not worth it. Well, look, let's look at what he did. And I think it'll apply to us today as we close out 2015 and we march into 2016. Uh, three simple words. Number one, reorganize. Write that down, reorganize. Verse 13, therefore I stationed. Now, remember, Nehemiah's talking here. It says, therefore. In other words, in light of everything that, you know, I've just said in all these previous verses, in light of the fact that everybody's dead tired, they're frustrated, they feel like failures, they're afraid. In light of that, he says, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. He said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get this thing reorganized. And, and I want you guys to go over here, and I want you guys to go over there. And he, he delegated everything out, and he reorganized everything uh, by families. And that was important because he knew they needed a, a natural support system. And uh, so that they wouldn't give up on the goal. They, they simply, Nehemiah simply devises a new strategy. He reorganized. Now here's a very, very important point. Many times you'll get discouraged. And the discouragement is not because 
you're doing the wrong thing. But it's because you're doing the right thing, you know, maybe just in the wrong way. I mean, Nehemiah didn't say, well, you know, let's just give up. You know, let's just go back to Babylon. No, he didn't give up on his dream. He said, let's try a new approach. I mean, we all know the definition of insanity, right? It's doing the same thing over and over and over again, but what? Expecting different results. That's insanity. The first step in overcoming discouragement in a project, in a dream, at your workplace, in a goal, is just to reorganize. You know, try something different. Try a new approach, a new approach. You got a problem in your marriage? Listen to me, Coastal. Don't give up on it. Try something new. You know, do whatever it takes. Try a new attitude, a new approach. You know, you got a problem in your business? You know, maybe it's not time necessarily to give up yet. Maybe you try a new angle. You know, you're in a rut in your in your workout routine and it's getting old and stale. You know, you don't give up, do you? What are you supposed to do? Try something different. Go walk the bridge for a week. You know, you got a pro- listen to this. You got a problem in your Christian life. And things are feeling stale or old. Listen, in 2016, don't quit on God. Don't give up on the church. Maybe you need to mix up your devotional life a little bit. Maybe you need to serve somewhere new. You know, in other words, man, you just attack it again. You attack it from a, from a, a new angle, a different angle. You reorganize. Number two, remember. Reorganize, number one. Number two, remember. Verse 14, after I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember the Lord. What does that mean? That means get plugged back in to where you know the power is. Recommit yourself to Christ. You know, we we get unplugged from the source of power and then we wonder why we run out of energy. I think there's three things worth remembering that'll help you overcome discouragement. Number one, remember God's goodness to you in the past. You start thinking about all the good things that God has done in your life. Maybe even write them down. Number two, you remember God's closeness to you right now. What is he doing in your life now? Even though you might not feel him, you need to be reminded what the Bible says. He is right there. He is near. Hebrews 13, 5, he says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. You remember what he's done in the past. You remember where he's at right now. And then thirdly, remember his power for you in the future. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. You look, you look at the fact that you don't have to face the future on your own. 
You know, you're, you're, you're not the only one trying to press forward. You're, you're not doing that by yourself. These are, there are resources that you can draw from to help you. You and I, as followers of Jesus, have a power that is not our own. So remember, reorganize, and then a third thing, he says, is to resist. Resist. Resist the discouragement. Reorganize, remember, and resist. Verse 14, the last part. And fight. Fight for your brothers and your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Fight. What's he saying? He's saying fight back. Don't give up without a fight. Resist it. Don't give in to the discouragement. Nehemiah basically saying this. If you give in, it's because You've chosen to do that. You don't have to give up. He says, you can resist it. You can fight it. The Bible says for us as, as believers that we are to resist the devil. We are at war with him. And so we are to resist him. Don't give in to him. Great people, great people are just ordinary people who have an extraordinary amount of determination. They just don't know how to quit. They keep on keeping on. They, they never give up. No matter what happens, no matter what setback they face, listen to this, regardless of fear, regardless of the what ifs, regardless of, of frustration, Regardless of all the rubble and the debris, they, they, they take a break, they clean up, they refocus. Regardless of failure, maybe, just maybe, you know, they don't accomplish things in the original time frame that they set out, but they don't give up. They still have determination. Or regardless of fatigue. Man, they're just whipped. They're tired. They don't give up. And as a result... God does amazing things in their lives. You know, what is it today that's causing you discouragement? You know, what is it today that as you think about the new year and that, that project or that goal or, you know, maybe it is a resolution. Some of you are discouraged because of fatigue. I mean, it's obvious. You look tired. You look like a basset hound. I mean, like, um, and, and God's word to you might be, go to bed early. Put your work down and get some sleep. You know, sometimes you just need to get physically rejuvenated. Some of you today are discouraged because of frustration. And you would say, Pastor Chris, there is just so much rubble in my life right now. And I feel like I'm going in 120 different directions and, and they're, they're not all bad, but I feel like I'm just getting being pulled apart. And maybe God's word to you like Nehemiah would be, maybe you're doing some right things, but you're doing them in the wrong way. And you need to reorganize. And you need to focus a little bit and maybe eliminate some of the debris, eliminate some of the trivial and some of you are discouraged because of failure. You just keep living in the past. Because your, your thinking is, is, 
all you're thinking about is that, that bad decision that you made, that one, you know, stupid error. That thing you just keep looking back at in, in regret. And if God could speak to you today, maybe he would say, forget that. Remember the Lord and his grace. You know, remember Romans 8, 1, that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Maybe today you are discouraged because of fear. And you're like, honestly, Pastor Chris, I don't know if I'm going to have the same job next week. You know, I don't know what's happening with my family, my, my kids, my health. And when I start thinking about the future, I get uptight. I get nervous physically. I get uptight. I'm afraid. And I think God might say to you, resist the devil and he will flee from you. He is the father of fear, the evil one. And the Bible says there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. And God is love. And when you're filled with God, you're filled with his love, and that replaces that fear. Some of you are just barely holding on. You think, it isn't worth it. The fact is, the answer might be just right around the corner. So I, would, I want to challenge you today, this last Sunday of 2015, hang in there. You know, it's, it's so warm outside. Go down to the ocean this week. Do that. Go down to the ocean. You know what you're going to see? You'll see that the tide goes out. But it always what? It always comes back in. It is inevitable. And some of you are at a low, low tide in your life right now. Hang in there. Remember, reorganize, resist. The tide will turn and it'll come back in. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.